0: Welcome back to the Black TV Show's podcast. I am your host, Miriam Tomeskin, and today uh, Shawnee is back with me to talk about A Different World Season 2, Episode 21, Susan uh, Wayne. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm always glad to be back on another episode with you and sharing stuff about this awesome TV show. How are you? I'm good. Um I
0: this is not like an episode that I usually go to (laughs) like I realize I haven't seen this episode in a while (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah it's one of those uh not lost but lost upon
0: mm -hmm. you know yeah and unfortunately this episode was written by two white guys so it's just Mm. this whole thing was uh I don't know I just it wasn't Mm. for me um And yeah, so this episode was directed by Debbie Allen. Uh, Of course, this was, uh, this aired April uh, 27th, 1989. And uh, in this episode, uh, Ron claims that Duane has Jesse Jackson endorsed for the student government uh, president. Um, So we got to clarify since uh, we talked about it last episode. So in this episode, this is when Freddie turns 18. Yes,
1: I, I was about to apologize to the listeners. I, I deeply apologize. Um, this is when Freddie turns 18, literally, in this episode. Um, maybe I was just uh, too thirsty for her to hurry up and turn 18, because 17-year-old Freddie is low-key annoying. But also, I watch this show too much, and everything starts to run together on me. So, it to my head and not my heart. This oh. is weird. So, this episode aired April
0: 27th. So, that means her 18th birthday was, like, basically... Like, she technically is supposed to come in in the following year. Like, she should be right now in high school if her birthday is in April. Right.
1: Right. I believe that she skipped a grade. Okay. Either she skipped a grade, graduated early, whatever the case was. Um, I think that's what happened. Because, like, even for her to be 17, she was still pretty much uh, academically advanced. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I can imagine that, well, they don't say it, but I can imagine that she was at Hillman, maybe on some form of a scholarship. Um, because how could you not? <laughs> yeah. As, as smart as you are. Um But yeah, I, I've always wondered that. But there are also people who graduate high school at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. Um and, like when I graduated at least half of my class had just turned 17 or they were like 17 and hadn't turned 18 yet. Um, but that's because of like, at least, uh, within the Chicago school system, I'm not sure about the state of Illinois, but within the Chicago school system, I know that there's a deadline for your birthday and, uh, or at least it was, and that determined when you would start school. So for me, my birthday is in November and the cutoff date or the deadline date was September 1st. So I didn't start like formative. So I graduated kindergarten in 1999. Um, but had my birthday been like at in june maybe then i probably would have been class of 98 just because of how they operated like that not really sure why they operated like that i don't know um what the thinking behind that is was i i'm I'm sure there's some level of psychology involved in it and I didn't take psychology because I value my brain a little bit and my time for studying and I just knew I was going to fail that class so I didn't take it um but yeah I, I think that that's what the basis of it is so yeah Freddie could have been a part of that mm-hmm. um so yeah so it's we're celebrating her birthday
0: and you know um this whole episode basically Jaleesa and Kim are trying to f- figure out what is a good present for her uh mm-hmm. birthday um and it just seems like every time they get something for her she's already bought it or done it yeah <laughs> I'm like, well, like this is all in the course of a day i'm like how is she buying the same book how does she already uh like get her uh, registration for voting
1: like it's just I- <laughs> it, it, was, it was it was almost like well not even almost freddie was always one step ahead yeah You know, um, even though now some things were kind of predictable, like when Kim bought the book on Zora Zora Neale Hurston, you could have guessed that Freddie would have gotten that book for herself. (laughs) Yeah, but I could have guessed that she would have known that that book existed. But if I if I know my birthday
0: is coming up, I kind of just don't buy anything until after my birthday, just in case if if someone buys it for me, you know,
1: right? In case somebody buys it for you or even better in case somebody give you some money. Mm-hmm. But then you don't have to use your own money. I mean, technically, I mean it still is your own money. But you know, it's extra money that yes. you normally would not have had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's I think that's normally what people would do. Um, uh, but you know, Freddie, she can be a little helter to skelter when she wants to be. Um, and for those who don't know what help to skelter means, basically just means all over the place um yeah you know because again 17 year old on campus she think everybody grown she learns that they're not mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah so the main uh story line is basically you know jesse jackson is on campus but at first we don't know if, if it's actually like we don't know anything about him we just know that a jackson is coming for the assembly but. um but we don't know which jackson here and so everyone so freddie is on who saw this uh note that says hold the press release until uh jackson uh, it is confirmed and so all of a sudden freddie thinks that the the jackson five is gonna reunite and uh i was like huh? and then um and then i was so confused because kim was like saying michael retired but I don't understand he's never retired he's always been performing
1: so okay <laughs> michael oh. jackson just did what he wanted to do um so it was like michael quit the group okay um and by this time uh cuz this is 89 now this is like the height of him being a solo artist
0: yeah like with thriller
1: um, I think he was saying that, that I think, I think he was actually going to go into like a retirement. Oh, okay. But then something was just like, no, I like, lo- I like music too much. I, yeah. Nah, but, cause, yeah Cause I
0: feel like he had another album. Like, like, well, I definitely know the song. Remember the time was mm-hmm. part of a video. Com- coming to America. So I know it was around this time. So I was just like, yeah. And then I know
1: 1992 was a prime year for him too. Uh, I want to say that's when. What album was that? Was that Dangerous? Yeah, because um, because I I know I know that that was uh, the year I was born. It was the Dangerous album. That might be the album, and I might be wrong. I'm going to check it now. <laughs> the song I'm thinking is Dirty Diana, but I do not think that that's the song. Dangerous, Michael Jackson. Studio album. What songs am I thinking of? Um it is n- oh no, it's remember the time that I'm thinking of. Oh okay. <laughs> okay, so yes, yeah, dangerous. This is the album that has his song Jam. Um, come on, the jam. Eh, eh. Right. Remember the time, heal the world, black or white. That's another uh video that I like. Um wh- will you be there and his song dangerous so yeah um michael's i i really think that he just announced that he was retiring and said like this is my last album or whatever and then
0: oh like, but then he just kept going he people were like
1: "Surprise!" yeah
0: you know how, like how
1: people retire like they retire from the jobs and then they pick up something else yeah yeah so i I think that's what it was or maybe he was saying that he retired from the group mm
0: maybe uh, I, don't I don't know we could, we
1: could look at yeah, it
0: i don't yeah that's because i was just i was confused when kim said that i was like wait wait because he can't perform and after that so i don't like i was uh i was a little confused and then uh, whitley i don't know what was with, with whitley saying uh tito can't perform <laughs> <laughs> or or i I don't, I don't know i that's not what she said but she said something to that effect um
1: huh, so all of those Jacksons is something (laughs) with them. Like, you know, Mike, Michael was, he basically became the group. Mm -hmm. Um, Tito. Tito tried to keep up a career, a solo career on his own.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I don't know much about him, so I wouldn't know.
1: Yeah, he's the one that kept the Jerry curl the longest, I believe. Um Jermaine, who now looks a fool. Um he he had a good a good career, a good solo career. He was fine when he was younger. Randy, not really sure what's going on with him or Jackie. I just know Jackie. Jackie was the one that played the uh the guitar and bumper Robinson, who later plays Dorian. Mm-hmm. play jackie in in one of the movies mm-hmm. uh the, the Jacksons is all american
0: okay so i just and, I, know, like I just wanted movies. i just wanted to see what exactly what uh willie said so willie said tito has no business getting back on that stage that's what she said
1: yeah he probably look a fool on stage <laughs> you know because again like I, I don't think people really paid attention to to the jackson after a while. I think people were buying the tickets for Michael. Um, I mean, cause at first, you know, when they were on the Ed Sullivan show, um, and what song was that that they performed? Dancing Machine. What Was it Dancing Machine? No, it was the, let's dance, let's shout, shake your body down to the ground. That one, and they had a good performance on the Ed Sullivan show with that, but I, I don't know. There's there's a plethora of reasons why they might have been saying all of this. Like again, all the boys, all the Jackson boys, I mean, they were to die for, but Michael was the one to sacrifice for. Um and then, you know, as as time progresses, we start caring about Reeby and Latoya and and Janet, who uh who by this time is an actress. Um, and breaking no even by this time she's already broke in with her first album because what what
0: was her first album let's look, look at rhythm nation i don't know i don't i'm not like a big fan of hers but i i, I know some of her songs and it and it could have been
1: first
0: but album. i so what's crazy is ron was like oh well if it's not the jackson five it's latoya and i'm like <laughs> i was just like why
1: only the men care about Latoya
0: <laughs> like was Let's she what did she do uh, for a career I really don't know
1: nothing she was related to the boys and they and every man was just in love with how she looked oh really I didn't know that yeah she was just beautiful
0: oh. um so
1: Janet had a a self-titled album of course she did uh for her first album and it released in '82. Okay. So let's see her second album, Dream Street. That was '84. Then, so so then this third album has to either be Control or Rhythm Nation. And I want. I don't to know why. There, I watched her documentary early,
0: I watched her documentary earlier this year. I don't know how I forgot all of this stuff.
1: That's what I missed. Did it come on Netflix? No, it's
0: it's on Lifetime. Just go on Lifetime, and it's on there.
1: Lifetime, bet okay, cool. So yeah, this third album was Control, and that came out in '86. So now let's see what the fourth album is. If the fourth album is out by this time, the fourth album is Rhythm Nation, and Rhythm Nation came out September of '89. So she was working on Rhythm Nation by this time. So. in 89 because when was janet born like in the 60s so she was she was in her 20s oh i want by this time she was married and divorced from her first marriage i think um i am to say to that. That she i'm surprised she was I didn't, probably having her acting career
0: i'm sorry they didn't mention her, na- her name then <laughs> they, they went straight to latoya yeah see i
1: don't like Janna was still like everybody's baby, I think. But she was coming into this fine overshadowing of Latoya. Because who talked about Latoya now? Anybody yeah. who's throwing shade at her? <laughs> Basically. <laughs>
0: so, um, so Freddie's happy that, you know, uh, the Jacksons are going to reunite on her 18th birthday weekend. Um, uh, even though that's not going to happen. And uh, so... Uh, We cut to. um, Oh, yeah. I forgot. So Dwayne and I'm saying her name right. Teresa is running for student body uh, president. Mm -hmm. But like Dwayne's having a hard time. He's like, like he cannot get anybody's attention. Everyone is wanting Teresa uh, as president because she'll have more parties and like it'll be a better time. Uh, But Dwayne is
1: that they care about.
0: Yeah, it's the me generation, as what Dwayne would say. Uh, uh-huh. And I feel like that's more now than it is in the
1: 80s. <laughs> you know, I was when he said <laughs> I low-key felt triggered because I was just like, yikes. Who <laughs> <Ooh>, imagine <laughs> how, how it would be today? Like, and, and I thought about it too. Like this, this generation of people that he's talking about are basically the parents to. Our generation. Yeah. And and the, to a few of us, a few of those under us. Yeah. So I'm like, dang, if if, if y'all felt like y'all were the me generation, I, I just know that y'all got to be curious now.
0: Yeah, you're raising the me
1: generation now. Man. <laughs> and you got to be like, well, what where did I go wrong? What did I do? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so um like Dwayne is really just down about this, but at this time, um, Freddie, or sorry, not Freddie, Colonel Taylor is asking, uh, Dwayne to, um, watch, uh, basically open the door to the cleaners because they, they're gonna shampoo the, the rug, and, uh, that was just random to me. I was just like, what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I said the same thing, and then I thought about it, like, well, he did date Suzanne. So on the off chance that he is getting some services done to his house, because at first I was like, well, why Susan? Oh, right. She's not on the show. Terrence hasn't been introduced yet. Well, I guess the man does live alone. He can't ask Mr. Gaines to come over there. <laughs> uh, he's not going to ask, ask Velma. Letty lives on campus. So I get it. Yeah, as, as someone who doesn't have a class and somebody who is trustworthy. All right, like this. This shows because because you know their rapport continues to show up throughout the rest of the show, and so I I think this this is one of the uh, one of the points in the show that that just shows the strength of the rapport mm-hmm. because once I learned that that was a blanket statement, <laughs> and once I learned that he was basically speaking in code and wasn't trying to say anything, then I was just like, oh yeah, Colonel, that's your guy. You like him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um,
0: yeah, so he's gonna uh go to Colonel Taylor's house, and while he waits, he's gonna play with the knives or the swords. And I was just like, What are you doing? Like,
1: do not touch that and, and I was just like, I was just like, just like a kid, always going to somebody's house, touching stuff, yeah. But I couldn't lie, I probably would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> because I think he had a kitana or something like that like yeah I'm (laughs) playing oh I'm playing with the katana. and if I if if phones would have been a thing back then oh man (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I would have been all on snapchat with it
0: and uh so the doorbell rings and you know Dwayne thinking it's the cleaners and all of a sudden he's like why are there two men so dressed up to clean a rug like it's so weird but he's like wow they really like like he's like wow they really upgraded the the business, basically, and then all of a sudden, um Jesse Jackson walks in, and he was, and uh, uh and uh, Dwayne was like, "You really look like Jesse Jackson. Like, you should like." He thinks he's like an impersonator or something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was the seriousness in his face, and it brought back a memory that I had. I was uh, with some friends one year and we were in downtown chicago and this is during spring break so like in chicago there's always something happening during march Madness. and we were literally just walking down the street and please y'all don't crucify me for this because of the person that i'm about to say this was this was before all all of this stuff happened um we're walking down the street and we see this guy and from a distance, we're like, damn, he looked good, <laughs> you know? And then he's walking towards us. We're walking towards him. Again, we're just walking down the street. And and I'm looking at him and I'm like, he looks familiar. But I didn't say anything. But my friend Beverly, she was like, oh, girl, he looked like R. Kelly. And I looked a little closer. And I was like, girl, that is R. Kelly. R. Kelly is her favorite singer ever. Wait, when was this? this was like 2012 okay 13. either 2012 or 2013 and okay. I'm, I'm going to go for 2012 um and and i was like girl that is r kelly so now both of them uh i'm not gonna mention the other girl because we're friends with her no more but both of them they're like like oh my god oh my god and i'm I'm the only sane one and i'm like calm down we are down the street from this man calm down and next thing i know beverly's like oh kelly stop i mean oh i'm so sorry and i was like girl if you don't calm down now i've been in situations where i've met celebrities before so i'm at the point now where like fangirling is just old for me now and I, Beverly has been around celebrities before, but like, you know, this is her favorite celebrity, so i let her have it. But I'm just like, girl, you are embarrassing me. Calm down. And so he's all sweet, he's all like, what's up everybody, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh my God, we good. And I'm, I'm trying to push to him, like, hey, I stay. Like, you need a background singer, what's up? And and we're like, can we get a picture? And he's like, I'm sorry, baby, I can't let you have no picture. And then I thought about it, like, oh yeah, that's why you can't let us have no picture. <laughs> Wait, why, why can't you have no picture? Um, because he was still under some type of scrutiny. Like, he's been scrutinized ever since, you know, it got out that he married Aaliyah when she was 15. Um, but, like, Chicago has done a great deal of separating the art from the artist, and even that gets problematic sometimes. But it's worse now, since the documentary has come out on Lifetime. So that's why I was asking, like, please don't crucify me, because this is before the documentary. Like, back then, it
0: it was mainly
1: hearsay and people not sharing their stories. But now Mm -hmm. we know the stories and now now since we know better, we do better. Um, But it was it was a good experience. And and when that moment happened for Dwayne, it immediately took me back there. And I was just like, yeah, I feel you, kid. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. Even when I'm I am i did meet Jesse Jackson. I did not react the same way that I reacted like. uh, Let me stop because my words are coming together. I did not react the way that Dwayne reacted. I was really happy that I met him, um, but the encounter, it just, it just wasn't the same. It was just like, oh my God, I met Jesse Jackson. Mm -hmm. But I still felt Dwayne though.
0: And so where did you meet him?
1: I met Jesse Jackson at uh, one of his headquarters for Rainbow Push Coalition. Um, They, the building that they operate out of it, I think they either share it with a church or it is a church and they just use it as a meeting place. But I was I was about 17 when I met Jesse Jackson and I met his son. Um, and, you know, I got to talk talk to them a little bit by just saying like, well, you know, it's an honor to meet you and I'm proud of the work that you've done over the years. And like the fact that you walked, that you marched with Dr. King and that you were friends with him and I, and I'm standing in your presence. This is amazing. I'm humbled. And then I met uh, Jesse Jackson Sr. by himself um, again at a football game that Chicago has every year called the Chicago City Classic. Um, It's when two HBCU football teams come head to head and they play against each other, you know, regular friendly football game. And then there's a battle of the bands that happens and there's a competition with that. It's just big fun with the wretched. So, (laughs) Um, but at the time that, that I met this, uh, or at the time that I saw Jesse Jackson senior by himself, this is round about the time or around about after the time that he said that he wanted to castrate Obama. So Chicago wasn't really feeling him and he felt a little embarrassed, um, even being around people. So like, you know, of course I couldn't press that cause you are nothing my granddad, but you know, I'm, I'm sure he felt a little awkward. He, he didn't allow pictures, but he did allow hugs and handshakes. So I was glad for that, too.
0: What's with all these people not allowing photos? <laughs> you know,
1: I think it's a celebrity thing. That's see R. Kelly. I, I knew like he he didn't want nothing that to that could be used against him later. And I'm glad we didn't take that picture because I can only imagine somebody finding that picture of, of floating around the Internet and then now, next thing I know, my face is on lifetime and they ain't ran me no check. So uh, I, I understood that Jesse Jackson, I think he was just embarrassed at the time. And you you never know what people are going to do with, with your face, with your pictures, whatever. So I believe he was just being cautious because, I mean, while he is living of the uh, era of technology, he's not in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think I think that's where his mindset was. But yeah. it was also like a lot of people, like mainly people my age and older that knew him. Everyone else that was at the classic, they were at least like 10, 11 years old and looking at him like, well, who are you, Grandpa? Um, and because, because Chicago kids can be that disrespectful sometimes. But like, they didn't know him. So like everybody else was all like, oh my God, all the rage. They're like, were you a football player? <laughs> so, yeah, it was good to to have that moment, and to be like, no kid, this is somebody who walked besides Dr. King. Know your people, mm-hmm. and once they learned that, they were like, what? What was he like? So, yeah, I see. Um,
0: so yeah, so Jesse Jackson walks in, like, and Dwayne's freaking out, and he's like, you're you're Jesse Jackson Jackson that's uh was part of the Rainbow Coalition. I don't know much about that. Do you do you know much about the Rainbow Coalition?
1: Um so I do know that they are an organization that um that has a vision for change socially and politically. Um and they they are the financial backings to a lot of um academic um organizations or foundations so like they'll help fund scholarships they let let's say they, they could probably donate money to places like after school matters which is a citywide after school program that is provided for the chicago public school system um they are also kind of part of like the decision making sometimes i I think it depends on the decisions that are made but they're involved in chicago heavily um and that's mainly what i know about them i'm not sure when they started uh but i do know that the push means pray until something happens so um they may so so basically like they're faith-based or god-led and
0: the then they do the work that they do. I see. Um, and then also I did not know this, and I don't know if this is a true fact or if they just mm-hmm. made this up for the show, but he baptized Mike Tyson. <laughs> you know,
1: I actually believe that. I'm not sure. We're gonna look that up. I'm on the Rainbow Push website. And so their mission statement basically says we protect, defend, and gain civil rights by leveling economic and educational playing fields, and to promote peace and justice around the world. Um, they they are the financial backing for what's called the Citizenship Education Fund, and that's for um, for non citizens who are who are trying to become citizens. Um, if they come here um, and they get all their paperwork together, then they're able to go to school, um, mainly college. So, uh, cause, cause a lot of times college, college could be an option for them, but the finances might not, may not be. So they take care of that. Um, Jesse Jackson, I believe has honorary degrees all over everywhere. Yeah, probably. But they're all they're all for human rights um, and civil rights, and I know for sure he's connected some somehow through his alma mater, which is uh, North Carolina A T. and um, and they recently just honored him for something uh, too. So yeah, the man does a lot, um, and he has support from uh, his family um his friends um and the community he's basically like like the the non-muslim uh farrakhan Mm -hmm. (laughs) and farrakhan is highly respected here too oh is he oh i didn't know that yeah especially in chicago um he has uh his place of uh of worship which is called the mosque mariam that it it looks like a palace. Have you ever seen Aladdin? Okay, so if you watch Aladdin and you see the the palace that Princess Jasmine comes from, it's also the view that Aladdin sees from his little rugged apartment. Um that's what what it looks like. The that that the building is it it resembles that. Um and they do a lot of Uh, peaceful protesting and i mean the same thing that that rainbow push does they do and they also go the extra mile sometimes and like they may host festivals like normally around this time i'm probably going to be hearing about it in the uh next coming weeks they um they host a food festival um i forgot what they called it. it oh it was like uh we had like a black restaurant week and in their park- parking lot they had basically like a pop-up shop and people were able to go by and visit uh, a different restaurants, learning where they are learning the type of food that they had um some of the food was vegetarian kosher and um you know no pork because you know they don't do pork um but also we we have a festival in chicago called the taste of chicago and so it was basically like a mini version of the Texas Chicago. And the Texas Chicago, that's literally where all the restaurants who well, the ones who, who signed up to be a part, they uh they meet up in this one area downtown called Grant Park, and you buy you buy books of tickets and you're able to walk around and um and, and try different uh dishes off of people uh, off of different menus and drinks as well and it's just one good fun time there's concerts that happen during that time and so what what Farrakhan was hosting at the mosque it was a a very downscaled version of it but it was equally as fun like people were coming from all over everywhere and from that erupted something called the black mall and the black mall is a resource for all things Black. So if you're looking for um, a Black-owned clothing store, if you're looking for a Black-owned restaurant, hairdresser, whatever, they got you. Um, And it's also something called Black Foodie Finder, where you can find um, any Black-owned restaurant within, I I think, the furthest between, like, 1 and 25 miles. Now, Black Foodie Finder might be something that can be used nationally or around the world, but I do know that uh what happened at the mosque it was it had some form of involvement there i see
0: so yeah so he's had this rainbow coalition like forever it seems like since they were mentioned mm-hmm. it on the episode and then also the fact uh, you're gonna search up the baptism of my child <laughs> like i just uh, i don't know like is this like legit like this doesn't sound right then, like, yeah
1: i yeah, let let's do that because I don't think I've ever heard of Mike Tarsa being baptized. Um, by him, yeah, yeah. Let let's see. It happened in 1988, and yes, he was baptized by the Reverend Jesse Jackson. What? Uh huh. They have it in the New York Times. Girl. Okay. When was this? You said
0: 1988.
1: 1988 so he's this an adult yes um so november 28th, 1988 mike tyson the heavyweight champion was baptized today in a ceremony attended by reverend jesse jackson the boxing promoter don king and a crowd of about 700 people at a baptist church on cleveland's east side wow huh
0: I didn't really think this is a I true know. fact.
1: The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm just as astonished as you are. <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought now that makes
1: me want to ask people on Facebook: do y'all remember Mike Tyson being baptized? <laughs> well, like I just really thought they made that up. <laughs> I did too. I did too, cause cause at the moment I was like, this is pretty outlandish for y'all to be coming up with. Like you yeah. couldn't just say that the man walked beside Dr. King. Like Yeah. It just Well, but well, good for you, Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Good <laughs> for the both of y'all.
0: So yeah, so and also Dwayne voted for Jesse uh, when he uh was uh running running for he was running for president, right? But he never he never went Far enough to make it to the, demic. Yes, I think. Yes, it-
1: yeah, I I think I think he got past all the pre- preliminaries and then I think he dropped out of the race.
0: Oh, oh, because he thought he wasn't gonna win. Just like Dwayne was ab- about to drop out because he didn't think he was gonna win. <laughs> I
1: I, I guess. What? Let's see the president campaign of eighty four. He is the second African American after Shirley Chisholm, Chisholm to run for a political office. Um and then it says, Oh, so he he ran twice. He, he ran, did? he ran for the pre- for president in 84 and in 88.
0: So uh. wow.
1: So if if this is 89. And Dwayne is... Yeah, so he just voted. Yeah, he's...
0: Yeah, you'd be 19 right now, right? Or at least 20.
1: Right, that's what I'm thinking. So So 84, he was in high school and he couldn't vote yet. But the 88, he could. Right. And so that's why he was so excited. He ran for president. I voted for you. I worked for you. Got it, Dwayne. Got you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he... the 88 race was more success was, was the more successful of the two attempts with him briefly taking first place in the delegate race after a strong showing in the 12 state super tuesday primaries so basically he won the primaries um and he was endorsed by the democrats of america um including uh bernie sanders who oh. was yeah he was right at the time he was the mayor of burlington vermont um and i'm trying to see where it said or or the reason why um he did not uh went okay let's see let's see the 88 decision jackson strong showing in the 84 primaries placed him in a healthy position for the Dem- democratic nomination contest when he made his formal announcement in October of 87, a Gallup national poll of democratic voters placed him first among likely uh, candidates with 19% support. Okay. Uh, his campaign, However, his campaign was still considered a challenge to much of the democratic establishment and even many prominent African-American Democrats who were part of that establishment. Following the 84 election, in which ronald reagan had won a group of democratic politicians formed the democratic leadership council as an organization to steer the party toward a more centrist and business friendly economic agenda um uh, let's see he was an uh, uh, according to nbc news jackson was was an unabashed liberal often at odds with the dlc um okay so that sounds like maybe they they were uh bumping heads maybe um that year that
0: year george george bush the first one the first george bush daddy bush uh, what is his name Uh, george is it george h bush or george w oh hw bush yeah Mm -hmm. so he he
1: won that election in 80, 88? Yeah. So that's what it was. But I don't know. votes.
0: But I don't know who... H
1: W. I I think, was... Uh, he was Republican.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, who was the Democrat of that year? Let's see.
1: Oh, I think he might have put his foot in his mouth. Oh, did he? Because he spoke out against um abortion and he was he was loud and proud about it in 88
0: like was he pro-life or pro-choice
1: uh pro choice
0: oh which is not a democratic view
1: exactly (laughs) exactly um not really fully saying that that's the reason why it didn't work out. I mean, at the the end of the day, (laughs) he didn't get enough votes uh, to to go that far. So maybe that's what it was. And maybe he didn't get those votes because he was so loud and proud about how he felt when it came to abortion. Hmm. And...
0: I'm trying to figure out who was the Democratic uh, person that went to, against George Bush. I'm trying to figure that out. I think it came, it's looking like it came down to... Oh, some guy named Michael Okay,
1: Michael <laughs> Dukakis. yeah. Yeah, I
0: don't know who that is, but
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, because like, dude looks like totally different people. But um, it 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 looks like he didn't get enough votes out of a state. Mm-hmm. And and I'm thinking it's the state of Massachusetts, which is where Dukakis came from. Oh, I see. And yeah, so so maybe it came down because you you know how like oh no, you don't know because you're not part of our government. Okay. <laughs> um. So normally, when it comes to an election, um, the votes, if they always and I mean always comes down to either California, Texas, or Florida. They are always the deciding factors. They are always the ones that hold us up. I'm not sure why. Somebody tried to explain it to me and I still didn't understand it, but they are always the last ones to be counted. I feel like like when they count those votes, they have to like meticulously like, okay, you over here, you over here, you over here, you over here and we got more of you and like that's what I feel like that's what they do but it always comes down to them but it looks like um in in the 88 election it came down to Massachusetts and he didn't win Massachusetts oh let's see
0: Hmm. yeah so so yeah so Jesse Jackson never became president unfortunately um (laughs) and maybe that's why he was hating on Obama the way he was maybe I don't know he was um, supposed
1: to be the. I don't know. That yeah. that's all. I, that's what I could think of.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um. So. Uh. So we're now we're at the pit, and Dwayne tells Ron that Jesse Jackson will be the one speaking at the assembly, and
1: Ron is still thinking Latoya is coming. <laughs> you know, Ron has a one track mind. Cause y- you remember that Dwayne. Was she really naked? That's all he cares about. hmm
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's it's crazy. But uh, and then while this is happening, um, Teresa and this girl end up doing this rap and dance. I would say that's what I call it. <laughs> she instantly, it, instantly
1: made me mad. That girl that she was with instantly made me mad because she was that same girl from Libby Hall that was uh trying to put the pressure on, on the girls from Gilbert. And you know we stand Gilbert Hall here, Mm -hmm. and when they tried to do that little step and was like, "You can have that one." I'm girl. Who are you talking to? So now when I saw her face, I was like, "Okay, yeah, no." Now I gotta throw hands because now now you're trying to intimidate. You intimidating my whole family? No. Mm -hmm. Now I gotta jump you.
0: Yeah. So, and basically, like just saying like Dwayne sucks within the rap. That's basically what she's trying to say, and Mm um. So now Dwayne goes back to the dorm room or uh, the, the I don't know. What's the name of the male, the, the guys dorms, the building.
1: Uh,
0: I, I believe
1: they was it McClurkin that they were still in.
0: Maybe, but yeah, so he goes there and he tells Ron that he is quitting the, uh, like the election. Nobody cares about the issues. What we mentioned earlier, he says we're in the me generation mm. and uh, you know, like Ron was like, no, but you you, you can't give up. Like you just kind of have to add the the fun part, you know, the party part in between, you know. And all of a sudden, Ron decides randomly to make a poster of him. I don't know why of himself, Dwayne and Jesse on there to help, like basically saying that Jesse endorsed him. And I'm like, like, dude, why?
1: I think Ron put himself on that poster for two reasons. One, to be able to say that he shared a poster with Jesse Jackson. And two, because he was still like the party animal. And and, I mean, I think that's been Ron's reputation overall. Mm -hmm. But because he was the party guy, he thought that he would have been able to push this election a little further. One thing I do want to point out with Teresa, that girl has selective hearing. (laughs) Because All Dwayne has been saying since the beginning of this episode was that the school, we need money. And we already, it's like, see, I I could not run for politics because there's too much to consider. It's stuff that you think about and also stuff that you don't think about. And then the stuff that you don't think about, when you start thinking about it, you have no idea how to even go in with fixing the fixing the the issues, but dwayne, so so from Dwayne's point of view, it's like we already get money from the Alumni Association, and of course, we can get more money, but it's the Alumni Association. They are literally paying out of their paychecks. also,, um, we are not the only group of people that we have to worry about. There are people beyond these walls who are not sitting standing in the pit today. Um, we have various clubs that people tend not to care about. Um, and this is the eighties. Um, well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to even put that. I mean, yes, uh, the the economy was different and finances were different, but also like, you know, the eighties dollar versus now, (laughs) the value does not whole it it doesn't have the same value um and it's one more point that I'm trying to make that that's getting away from me when it comes to all of this but basically um the the school got all all the funding that they could get mm-hmm. and they can only do so much to try to get more um they because they're also they're dishing out scholarships and, and things like that so then you can say stuff like well the school can free up money if we get rid of one person scholarship for twenty five thousand dollars. Now y'all can have a twenty five thousand dollar homecoming, you know, or you or you can give each each club like two thousand dollars, which probably I mean I guess for the club depending on what the club is trying to do, it could help, but it also could be like it could feel like chump change, um, especially when it comes to how how institutions allocate their money most of college uh college money if it's not going to scholarship it's going to sports and at least 85% of people in sports are on scholarship so and if it's not scholarship it's financial aid and which is basically student loan and you know by the grace of god if you get a Pell grant you don't have to pay that back but It's like I was just saying, it's literally all about how money is allocated. So, and it has to be allocated a certain way because the team got to have their uniforms. They got to have the football field. They got to have the footballs. They got to be able to travel to these games. They got to have a mode of transportation. They got to be able to put them up for the the hotel. And they can't expect for parents to be coming out of pocket. Because why would I send my, my kid on scholarship if I got the money? So they... Um, so, so like, it was a lot of things that Teresa was just choosing not to, to pay attention to. And all, all she cares about was trying to get the popular vote by telling people what they wanted to hear. And people, and she, she did a good job because people were falling into that trap and they were actually like, yeah, she's she's saying what I want to hear. So, if, so student government is over homecoming. I want a good homecoming and this is what we going to do. Dwayne don't sound like you're trying to have a good homecoming. So I'm not going to vote for him that's totally not not what it is. People don't understand that elections and, and government they go beyond uh school sanctioned events. They go beyond ho- homecoming. They they decide how how money is allocated. They de- they decide they're they're, suppo- they're there for you. This is student government. They are fighting for you. So yes, we can fight to have to have a good homecoming, but also we need for people to still be able to come back to school. Because if we're not able to come back to school, then the school itself cannot thrive. So then, where you gonna go? Because Hillman, they basically made Hillman sound like they're in, you know, small town Virginia. Because they're not in Richmond, they're not in like Myrtle Beach or or Virginia Beach. They're not anywhere major. So now y'all y'all, y'all gonna have to go to Virginia Tech. Y'all gonna have to go. I don't know Hampton, <laughs> like. Y'all gonna have to find you somewhere else to go, and then I'm imagining that people are human because of the tuition cost, and 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 you got you got to take uh you got to take into consideration out of state fees for students like Dwayne, Ron, Jalisa, Freddie, Kim, people who do not live in Virginia. Um, it, it, it's it's just there's a lot of stuff that you have to pay attention to, and. Believe it or not, every, everybody is affected directly and indirectly when it comes to building having a, a student government. So, when what Dwayne was saying about partying with the purpose, he said if we charge a dollar a head for, for all the parties, then we could fund, <clears throat> excuse me, the scholarship, which is very smart. Because all of y'all, one thing y'all gonna do is party. The man said a dollar ahead, and she acting like he said uh eight dollars for one and fifteen for a couple. Like, no, girl, you ain't if you ain't got a dollar, just say that. And and clearly you 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 got your little homegirl that'll dance with you and come up with that weak rap. She can come up with a dollar. Like. And then you you're talking about you want to to run for government. you're not recognizing that your job just don't that your job don't stop after homecoming week. like because because now this is about to be a part of your schedule. You go to class and then you do you do government, you study and then you do government. You got free time and then you do government like and, and your government is free time girl you you can't go into this blind blindly and and she she gave me the type of vibe that once homecoming was over and once she realized like yeah you got to get into the real stuff she would have quit and she would have dropped out and that that that's pretty much what it feels like in, in today in u.s government we got people who will uh, who will tell us what we want to hear and, and and say say the right buzzwords and make us feel like we can invite them to the cookout, make us feel like they have our best interests at heart. And then we get them in office, and then it's a complete difference from who we put in the office. Like what like with like currently with, with Joe Biden. He sat there and talked about he was gonna cancel student loans and, and he sat there and was all like, y'all gonna get more stimulus checks and all of that and nobody got a stimulus check since last year y'all sat up here excited i mean yes the money is it's free and and that's probably about the best part about it but y'all thought this man was going to be continuing to give out stimulus checks like that we've been in a national deficit for at least longer than i've been alive and we're in the trillions with the national debt (laughs) And when I was 13, the national debt was eight trillion dollars. And I I was I was thirteen. It it has been seventeen years since I was thirteen. Well, sixteen to three fourths. But like. I can only imagine how that could have tripled, even quadrupled in that time span. Especially because they came out, out of thin air with these stimulus checks. And we still ain't got no money to do everything else. Like, no. And and Dwayne, I felt him, I felt his passion. Um it, uh, Teresa just really ground, she ground my gears for sure because she she didn't care she didn't care and, and essentially she wasn't even looking out for herself so yeah don't be like these people please don't yeah if, if you if you run for an office make sure that you actually care about the issues ask even even ask your future constituents their thoughts ask them what what kind of change do they want to see? You know, like like get them involved. You don't you don't get involved by telling somebody we gonna have a slam in this jam in this homecoming that Hillman has ever seen. Because when you're gone, who else can can give a report about that homecoming? You think the professor's gonna be sitting them talking to the to to the class of 95 about homecoming 89? Why would they care? And and that's if they haven't ended their tenure. <laughs> like, girl, think, just think. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Yeah, and so um, we're at Colonel Taylor's house, and you know, of course, Jesse Jackson is staying there, and Mr. Gaines comes in with food, <laughs> and like, I, I I didn't understand this, but you know. Mr. Gaines always comes in with the food. like he...
1: Yeah, and, but it's also um, a, a Southern custom. Um, for the most part, when, when if you visit somebody, you bring something. Um, and normally somebody of this caliber, um, you would normally have them over for dinner. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mr. Gaines, being Mr. Gaines, like you just said, you know, he would have brought food just because food exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh yeah, I think, I think it was a mixture of, of being customary and also being a fan. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so then, uh you know, he, he was like, I want a photo with, uh, with you. And so they take a photo and it was weird. I noticed that like uh, Jesse puts his hand over his he- bald head. Did he you yeah, not notice? He kept
1: talking. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he was trying to, he was trying to do anything he could to just make him smile because uh, he got into the, this whole tangent about him and Velma meeting Billy Epstein and and how Velma was talking his ear off, much like what he's doing to Jesse Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesse is telling him, like, come on, take the picture. Yeah, come on, come on, come <laughs> on.
0: <laughs> and, oh uh, my goodness. And so they, uh, so Mr. Gaines leaves, but then all of a sudden Dwayne comes and uh he came to apologize over the poster uh the one that has jesse's face on it mm-hmm. and uh Dwayne says that he is dropping out and he will make sure that no one uh, everyone knows that you weren't weren't part of this and mm-hmm. you know jesse's like but why why are you dropping out uh, and same with you know Colonel Taylor, they're both asking and um you know he's like no one's listening to me and jesse's like well that sounds like my first campaign <laughs> like when, when he was in college, um, oh, well. which makes sense. Cause it's your first one. Like, um, I remember in school, so I never, I never like ran for anything, but, um, my friends did and mm-hmm. it, it's a lot to campaign. Like, it's like the, like to like, you like back, I guess we were still, in, I went to school. This is probably 2015, 2016. My friend she she was actually running as an independent not part of uh any group so Mm -hmm. but i knew she was gonna win like and she did win and but like for her like we had to like give out posters to everyone be like vote for her vote for her and Mm -hmm. um but and like she has to talk to so many people and as an independent like she wasn't uh, she wasn't running for the president she was running for like a, a a position within the the council um but uh, like candidate
1: like of, of
0: of where you are no like at the university like for the student like the oh. science council um no okay. okay. no 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 not for like the main election oh, no. girl
1: you work on a political bank, no, bank. no 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 gloss over that? no
0: no okay. um <laughs> she i well, I actually, know someone i don't i don't know her personally but i have like went to school with her and she's my age and so she did run for uh office i think in in manitoba though uh she did not win unfortunately but i f- i see that she will eventually run because she's she's met prime minister justin trudeau many times okay. like she's a big like she's she she's friends with a lot of people from the liberals party and so so i could see her in the future becoming something okay. bigger but the uh, what i'm talking about was in school and um okay. And yeah, and she won and it's, but she really had to talk to everyone. And it's a lot. Like
1: mm-hmm. I was like,
0: I was like, I, I am not cut out for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I haven't ran for like a school political office or did I? No, but I was a part of a mentorship under Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And they have, the mentorship program is called Delta Gems. And we had our own form of gov- okay, so I guess I could say that I ran for a government, but it wasn't a school government. Um, so the the Dutch James government that we had, we had a president, a VP, a chaplain, um, and it was two other people. I can't think of those positions. But basically we were the entire cabinet and like we would have our own meetings prior to um meeting with uh with the other girls because uh, we always had a meeting once once uh every third sunday of of every month. so uh, so we would have to have to come together discuss different uh things that we would have to involve ourselves in as the government, but the difference is, we only like our campaigning and all of that happened in one day so um they they used to mail us our notices my lord um we we would get letters in the mail saying like hey your next meeting will be on this day um at this time and during this meeting this is what we're going to be covering so i had to be on the phone with well once i got into my position that's what i had to do but prior to getting my position um so like they would tell us a month in advance that that we were holding elections the next go round. so we basically had a month for us to get our stuff together if we wanted to run and have some type of a platform going so i first ran for chaplain because i just felt the need to run for something and then i went from chaplain to being the president and i Honestly and truly, and and I feel like I can say this confidently. I really only got that presidency because everybody knew me, <laughs> and because <laughs> and because I talked to people. That's the same as my Other friend. Than, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like because I'm a people person. I feel like that's honestly and truly outside of the fact that everybody else probably was not going to run. Like there was a there was a girl. Who I felt would have been better suited for the job. Um, she always seemed to be uh more on top of things than I felt like I was. And I'm I'm still cool with her to this day. Her name is Crystal. Hey girl. Um, but in my cabinet, she was the chaplain. And she was still an awesome chaplain, because the girl can pray down. But I just felt to me, I, I felt like she should have not only ran for president, but like if she ran, I felt like she would she would have gotten it and I would have been okay with be a BP. Um but I I, I kind of almost feel thrown into the, the presidency role. Um uh, but it was fun it was fun. But like I laid it out to everybody like listen you'll be able to access me uh by phone and by text as long as my mama paid the bill and as long as my mama said I could talk on the phone. I'm here for you when you need me. I'm in your corner. If you got any questions that you're afraid to ask someone, I'll ask for them. You just come to me, you know? Like, I felt, everybody felt like I was a people person. I had, like, all of five minutes to present my case. And then the voting happened after everybody ran for it. And then I feel like I I won by default. So, yeah. But that's about the only thing that I, like, particularly ran for and something that I actually wanted to do everything else. I feel, I I think I was voluntold for everything else I was involved in. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And uh, uh, so Dwayne, so when, you know, Jesse was like, oh, this, this sounds like me. And Dwayne was like, but you're Jesse Jackson. Like, everyone listens to you. Like, like, no one listens to me. And Jesse was like, no, I just never gave up and surrendered. Like, I, I just kept going. Uh, people did not listen to me to begin with. Um, and so Jesse tells Dwayne to stand up and, and not surrender, like keep keep going in the selection. So we uh, cut to Gilbert Hall and all the girls are getting ready for the assembly. First of all, I, I keep saying assembly. What? Like, I never had an assembly at my college, like on my at my university. Is that a thing?
1: Um, so I can't speak for every school, but I know that at Alabama State, we had something called a convocation. And convocation was similar to what Jesse Jackson did at hillman um they had different convocations that covered different things and uh, for for this one particular class i would be able to get extra credit to uh to go to convocation so like the teacher the professor will make a deal with us like um i'll let y'all miss class on this day but you better go to convocation and answer five questions and, and you'll get the credit so that's what I was doing because anything that could, where I can stay in my room, I'm down for. <laughs> but, uh, see, when I hear the word assembly, I think of elementary school. Same. And I think of, you know, saying the Pledge of Allegiance and, you know, I don't know what school play is about to be put on or um you know, maybe it's Black History Month and, and there's a, a like a Know Your Heritage competition going on or something like that. But like, yeah, when they called this an assembly, I I too was a little confused. So I guess convocation would be the equivalent. Mm, I don't know. Um, cause, Cause when I was in college, it wasn't really defined as an assembly. Anything mm-hmm. that was defined would be like a mixer, which was a party, um, or they would just put it all over campus. Like somebody's coming and they're they're speaching, speaching, speaking, speaking, um, speaking, or making a speech at some building on the campus. One year, Felicia Rashad came, um, and another year somebody who was prominent with the uh or somebody who was a part of the um Montgomery bus boycott and um the March on Selma they they came and they spoke but it it they didn't say like there's an assembly or there's a convocation they just said meet in this building at in this room at this time on this date so I don't know maybe maybe that's a question we can pose to to the listeners on on Instagram did you all have assemblies in college Mm -hmm.
0: because I did not of course we had uh, people that came to speak about certain topics but it wasn't for the whole school to come like it was like if you feel like you want to come you can come kind of thing it wasn't it wasn't like a whole university organized this event, right? So it was weird. Um, and uh, so yeah, so the ladies are getting ready to go, and Letty was like, Do not embarrass yourself or me, but then she ends up embarrassing herself by like naive, talk straight with Jesse Jackson. <laughs> uh huh, like, yeah. I just- I was I I don't like the that where she's the one who told people not to embarrass themselves and then she's the one who embarrasses herself literally like it's just I don't can't stand it.
1: contradiction can't stand it
0: yeah and so we're now at the assembly and this is when I really did not write down anything about this because it's just Jesse Jackson talking um, and uh, he he mentions Dwayne's campaign without mentioning his name. And saying that you know one person can make a difference in this world, uh, even though in Dwayne's case he thinks that he can't make a difference because he's just one person, um, mm-hmm. and he says that change usually starts by uh, with a young person that uh, that uh, wants to make a difference, and that's how change yeah, does and, start.
1: And he names some some people who were uh, who were affected or name, named things in in time that took place. So like, um, it was, uh, there was a, a young guy by the name of Jimmy Lee Jackson. Um, he was protesting for the right to vote. And he was 15 years old. And he was killed in cold blood. Um, and then uh, the bombing of the 16th Street uh, Church. Uh where the four little girls um were killed and what's interesting about that have you heard about the four little four little girls no okay um so they there were there were really five one girl survived um i can't remember all of their names i know one of them her name was addie addie another one was carol um, and if you have HBO, HBO Max, there is a film that Spike Lee did called Four Little Girls. And um, these young girls were just, they were friends from church. And they all attended the same church. It's called the 16th Street Baptist Church um, in Birmingham, Alabama. It took place on September 15th, 1963. Um, the girls were Addie Mae Collins, Carol Denise McNair, Cynthia Wesley, and Carol, Carol Robert uh, Robertson. Those were the girls who were killed. I can't find the name of the fifth girl, but the fifth girl is still living. Um, oh wait, did I just find her? I think I just found her. Um, her name is Sarah Collins Rudolph. Um I don't know which she she's a sister of one of these girls, but I don't know uh which sister is hers. But uh she lost her eyesight during uh during the bombing. Um or at least some part of it. Like I guess she could be considered legally blind. Um and she's I know she's upwards of being in her 60s at least but um somebody bombed the church um and this is all in the wake of uh, black people in the south fighting for the right to vote um and they just i i don't know like if their bodies were just found amongst the rubble i don't know if the parents were like you know where's my baby where's my baby because i think what was happening was they were on their way to sunday school to something like that or they were coming from the the church kitchen to go to Sunday school something like that they weren't just lingering around they were they had a purpose and then the church was bombed um and then uh the the march on Selma you know basically every historic um event that took place in the 60s in the south had some linking to the right to vote which um voter voter inequality is still an issue today with with the last uh major election that we had in in the states in the south they were doing what they uh what they named voter suppression um everything that was that could be done to stop them from voting happened there was like a power outage um the machines were down. They didn't have uh the cards to manually vote. Um, damn, and I'm talking like you live here, okay, <laughs> but how how do you all vote? we've we just vote. I don't know how to like they like, have like, do you all go to, you all go to a polling place and yes, then, yes, and now is there like an electronic setup when you walk in and that's all there is? Well, are you able to like write in on a card? We, we write
0: on a card and then you give it to them and then they put it into an electronic machine that counts.
1: Okay. So we had that too. And we also have the electronic stands. So what was happening in the South was they did not have the cards with, that could be like manually hand, handed in and ran through the machine. They only had the electronic setup. Oh. And then those machines went down, and then like the power went out. You know, like right, like anything that sounded like you know this isn't a coincidence. Like somebody mm-hmm. is behind this. Yeah. They did that, and that last election, um, and and this was this was the Biden election. I don't think they finished. Like like we didn't get the votes until the next day.
0: Yeah, it took a while. It took a couple days. I felt like to get the actual. Yeah,
1: because yeah. Yeah, it was and all mail
0: in, mail in ballot, a ballot, so it took longer to count.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, at least in my lifetime, I've never seen that happen. Mm-hmm. Obama was the president by the time ten o'clock on November eighth mm-hmm. came around, and. And for both, that was both of, both of his elections. Yeah. His first election, I was in high school. His second election, I was able to vote for. <laughs> but he he was the president by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Bush was the president by the end of the night. Like every presidency that I've been able to watch and fully understand, they were the president by the end of the night. And the next day, they were having, having their little welcome party the next couple of days we we're at the edge of our seats and like i think people were calling off work just to watch cnn all day and people who were at work they're checking their phones every 5 minutes cuz cuz one of those days i remember i had to go to work and i had i'm checking cnn i'm refreshing my google all of that and, and we are all like on eggshell. And the fact that this is still an issue today, it doesn't surprise me, but it very much irks me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesse Jackson was bringing up some very good points, um, saying that like even though this is like even though the end results may not have been what we wanted them to be, they still evoke some type of change, and that it literally only takes one person to to make some changes. And I agree. Thoroughly, wholeheartedly.
0: It just takes one. Yeah. So um, yeah, and uh he really says that every vote counts, which we were speaking about uh the Biden election, and it really is every vote that counts, like uh yeah, yeah. uh especially in that election. Um and so he Jesse's telling that like saying that like high school graduates. I think he said uh, 3.2 million of them uh, that are now being able to vote and they got to go because every uh, vote counts. And um, so, yeah. And so that was basically, I think, the summary, I would say the summary of his speech. He he did say more things. But um, after that uh, day, uh, they had the election and uh, Dwayne lost by 315 votes.
1: yeah that hurt my feelings they voted for the girl (laughs) (laughs) you know and 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 it's like like yay a girl but the thing with voting um because i had a conversation with somebody and uh and it might it might have been my guy but um yes it was he he was saying like that like uh he felt like a lot of people only voted for obama because he was black. Now I can say, yes, there's truth <laughs> to that. <laughs> because that's probably a good 60% of the reason why I voted for Obama. Yeah. But the thing with voting is, and especially when it comes to the black vote, we're not just gonna put anybody in there. Mm-hmm. So yes, as much as we would like to see a very black face in in presidency, we were not gonna be putting somebody who was black and sounding crazy. Mm-hmm. Or or black and not knowing what they're talking about. Like like we're not putting Ben Carson. <laughs> we're not putting him in, in the white. Yeah. Area. Uh Republican? Is, isn't he Republican? Ben he Carson? Is, and yeah. He, yes. And he's like, for some reason, good friends with Trump. Um Yeah, and not Kanye love, West. I, I, either. Yeah, like we would put Kanye in office before we would put <laughs> ben Carson. Wait, what? So, for one, yes, girl, Kanye thought that he was going to be running for president.
0: No, no, that you would you'd get you rather have Kanye West in compared to Ben Carson. Ben, ben. that's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> Kanye has no like political. Isn't Ben Carson a doctor?
1: Mm, yeah. So, like, I would trust more a doctor than a what, mis- that, musician. That's about the best part about him. Because it for me, if he's not talking anything medical, that man has nothing good to say. Mm-hmm. He he just he's like a black Trump. He's like a black Trump and, and it's almost like he doesn't recognize that Trump ain't for him or his people. And now your people ain't for you. But like, yeah, and also you know if that if that if I ever got to hear that man's wife terribly sing the way that she did at 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 that uh, I forgot what event it was, but she got up there and hurt my ears, ma'am, who who you betting that up Ben Carson's wife, oh, her name is Candy, it's so weird to see that <laughs> candy is not sweet. <laughs> Candy, you better have got you some vocal lessons because no, ma'am. No, ma'am. We <laughs> I, in comparison to candy singing, I let Christina Aguilera mess up the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I, I accepted that quicker than I did Candy's voice. It was terrible. We, we're we not fans don't don't you do that no more um but but yeah like but it just shows like for one how important the black boat is and two like we got a method to our madness Um, uh, and i have to say too that jesse jackson was spitting some facts when he was when he was talking the man said just because it rained does not mean i have to drown hmm and I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, because when you look at it from the different angles, like, first of all, you ain't gonna drown in rain. Mm-hmm. So if you find a way to drown in rain, you just be dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, yes, on a grander scale, he's saying that, you know, just because we're inconvenienced don't mean that stuff's gotta be, we we don't have to make things what they're not. Mm hmm. Or we, we don't, like, it's not the end of the world. That's basically what he said. It's not the end of the world. But uh, for the way that he put that, wow. Um, something else that he said, when he was talking to Dwayne personally, he said, uh, a man can't be heard unless he speaks up. Is that what he said? Yeah, a man can't be heard unless he speaks up. And he said something else. I'm going to go back and watch. And and if I remember, then, yeah, I'll send it over to you. But like, yeah, Jesse was, was, I got to say, like, his speech had me like this, like, staring at the TV like, dang. Yeah. And I'm gleaning from this man's wisdom.
0: Yeah. He he said a lot um, during that speech. And um, so, yeah. So, as I said, uh, Dwayne has lost. And... um, but he's still glad that he went through it. Um, But he still wished he had won himself, you know, of course. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then this is when we hear the rap for uh, uh, Freddie's birthday for the voter registration. And, uh, and then of course, she's already done it this morning. (laughs) Yep. And then we end the episode right there. And uh, like Kim and Jaleesa are like, so over this. And uh, yeah, so we, it looks like you're looking up something, but I'm not sure if you are.
1: You said what? Are you looking up something? I, I, I'm just preparing myself just in oh. case I need to. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so
0: uh, we have, so for the guest stars, we have, of course, Jesse Jackson as himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's not really much of an acting credit for him because he is a political person uh, or, right. and, and he's a reverend. Uh, is there anything you have to add about him it, from his work?
1: Uh, if you don't know about him, just do your research. This man has done so much for the community. He's done more good than harm. Um, Again, he he marched with Dr. King. He sat in rooms with this man. He He was there. When when he was shot at the Lorraine Motel, um, and for those who don't know, Dr. King did not die from being shot. He he died from suffocation in the hospital. But if you see the picture of of King, he he's uh, this is after he's shot and he's on the ground. There is a picture from an from an angle of Jesse Jackson. I think Ralph Abernathy and it could be a Philip Randolph Uh, that might be pushing it, but there was a third person and they're pointing all in the same direction that it's a very famous picture. It's pretty viral. Um, but Jesse Jackson is a part of that picture. The man has so much knowledge, so much wisdom, like He's one of those people that you sit in front of him and you just let him talk because he's lived an immaculate life. He is someone that you should know. Um, And always just, another thing too, just always be a student. Always be willing to learn, be ready to learn. Just learn because there's so much information out here that people don't know there's so much history that has yet to be made, and he's still here to be able to watch it unfold. Mm-hmm. So just you know, wake up, as they say in in school days, Lawrence Fishburne, to be exact. Wake <laughs> up. Yeah,
0: yeah, and uh and then we have a few other people. uh We ha- I don't know if I'm going to say her first name right, but kadia alexander uh as teresa stone probably or it's k okay probably butchered it it's k-h-a-n-d-i uh, no k-h-a-n-d-i
1: oh candy is that how you say it candy mm, yeah because that's how you know candy is the singer. yeah but her, her the way she feels is different than that well, or I she
0: guess just doesn't have the H. Oh, that threw me off. Okay, so sorry, yeah. Candy Alexander as Teresa's Stone. So she uh, was a menace—a menace to society. What's love got to do with it? Poetic <laughs> justice. House Party Three. Cosby and Scandal.
1: <laughs> Dang. So was she an extra? No, she was. She was Teresa. Teresa, like the one that uh, we you hated no i'm saying like in those in, in the other acting credits no she
0: she no no she had a character but of course it wasn't like main stuff but what
1: yeah well that's really what i mean like
0: yeah no not extra but extras don't have lines so she had lines in these uh movies okay. and so
1: work candy?
0: yeah and then there's ertha robertson who plays the friend the one that the girl that was dancing <laughs> And she is known, like, the biggest thing she is known for is Fame, the TV show, because she's been in so many episodes. So so clearly, Debbie Allen got her onto the show. Um, And uh, she also was on School Days. Uh, She'll be, she was on a, she was already on another episode of A Different World. I guess she was not, I did not get the, I didn't see the credit. I don't know. But she will be back We gave her the
1: credit. She was in the,
0: uh, Stepping Stone.
1: Was that Stepping Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She was in Stepping I feel like
0: I didn't talk about this girl, I, uh, but she is going to be back again as a different character. Like, it's like the weirdest.
1: Yeah. So, remember in Stepping when they were asking for Whitley back? Or no, they had just left Whitley or whatever. And then um they, uh oh, there was the a girls girl of Libby Hall stepped to them at, um, oh. at the pit. Oh, it I was see. like, ha. And, and, and yeah, she was the main one in the pink sweater it was either pink Uh, or
0: green yeah that was her I already forgot about her I'm sorry (laughs) but but I'll still list out I'll still list out all the other stuff she's done the uh, Josephine Baker story Malcolm X what's love got to do with it the uh, Sinbad show and uh you know the how do you say the infamous uh non non uh, non Oscar winning movie La La Land <laughs> <laughs> um
1: And infamous, yes.
0: And uh <laughs> and she and she was also a choreographer because clearly she's a dancer. Um in Sister Act Two, what's love got to do with it? Polly oh. uh coming home. Polly. Know you, you know that movie, the one with Felicia Rashad with
1: the bird? Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> P O L L Y. If I say, I think
0: that's the one with Felicia Rashad. Let me just double check if I'm not the
1: one with her and Rudy. And yeah,
0: and uh, and Debbie Allen. Let me
1: okay. Let me just double check.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it's the three of them.
1: Yeah. Okay. And Debbie Allen directed it. I heard so. There's a movie called Polly. P A U L I E. Okay. And it's about this (laughs) loud mouth, back talking parrot. Who like um he had an owner and uh she she moved away and I think they gave him away or like uh no, he gets stolen from somebody. That's what it was. He got stolen from somebody. Somebody uh at a at a college rescued him and then like one of the janitors or something, like he finesses his man into save rescuing him to go on a search for this new owner. I mean for for his for this owner eventually by the end of the movie he, he uh finds out that she's real grown she remembers him and i think by this time she's got a kid or something like that too but yeah it was a if if you, if you allowed it to be heart-wrenching it could be heart-wrenching because probably take it to the most but when you said that i was just about to be like no this movie was white 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 <laughs> white white i know no. she wasn't in that movie
0: no no uh no she but i'm saying she choreographed uh, I guess scenes in Polly coming okay. home, which is with Felicia Shaw, Keisha Knight Pulliam, and Debbie Allen directed it. Um, and then she also did choreography for Grey's Anatomy and The Fighting Temptation.
1: Okay, wow, she got some good credits.
0: So she's she's more. Of a, I could tell she's more of a choreographer than an like an actor. So
1: yeah, but if Debbie Allen don't do nothing else. She gonna have them dance. Yeah. One thing I did notice about the the what was it the Stone Boogie uh Teresa was picking them legs and mm-hmm. they was hitting them swirls and moving it back i was like yeah debbie had y'all practicing hours after <laughs> hours after hour on on those days moves along
0: mm-hmm. and then we have deb uh david p lewis as security number one he only has six credits his name so and they were not anything i knew of and then we okay. had uh riff hot how Halton, Halton, I think that's his last name. He was security number two. And he's been on the Jeffersons, 227, Webster, Full House, Family Matters, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, the Wayne Brothers, uh, the Bernie Mac Show, General Hospital. And and for the amount of credits he has, he has 170 credits. Of course, it was all guest stars. It was just like a one day work, but 176 credits. That's
1: man. That is awesome.
0: Mm -hmm. So he's been working.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, and then the the Jackson action rappers that we see in the in the show, mm-hmm. it their their group is called NBM Party, and this is their only acting credit as a as a group.
1: NBM Party.
0: Yeah, that's what it's called. Let me just actually Google this now because I didn't actually Google it, but I don't know if that's a legit group.
1: That's what I want to look up. Yeah, okay, and it's funny because the first thing that I see on Google is after a different world. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no. So I guess
0: they're not a real, but they're that that's how they're credited as NBM party.
1: Yeah, I guess so, yeah.
0: Um so I don't know what happened to them if that, if that's a legit group. Yeah, hey. <laughs> but yeah, and so that's the episode right there. Uh, Thank you again for coming on. Uh, Do you want to plug your social media?
1: Yeah. uh, Instagram. Damn girl, you know everybody. TikTok, tiny bigs. T-I-N-Y-Y-B-I-G-G-S. And Twitter. I love them 90s. You can feel free to follow me and tweet me, retweet me, all of that. Because literally nobody pays attention to me on there. (laughs) But I'm just going to keep on pushing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And uh for the podcast, it's Black TV shows uh Black TV shows pod at uh, on Instagram. I there is a Twitter account, but I clearly am not using it as often. Um we don't get you up on Twitter. I'm trying, man. It's it's not my thing, it's never been my thing. Um, and then also you can email at Black TV shows pod at gmail.com. There is also a link in the show notes uh to leave a voicemail. Um for those that don't know, we are pre-recording these episodes so if you do send things they will be delayed but we will make sure to talk about the anything that you send to me at all like at, at any time yeah I just have to pre-record these episodes just
1: because work is getting busy <laughs> So, and also like it's not like we can't address things like on a different episode either yeah you know so whatever we don't address on one episode we can address another one kind of like you know how I messed up last episode with Freddie's age and you know had to retract my statement and tell y'all like no this is her birthday so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: so we will talk to you all on the next one
1: bye bye y'all